Welcome to the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. I'm your host, Mary Jolkowski. I'm an author, speaker, and all-around self-love advocate. And this is the podcast that'll inspire you to love yourself. Hello, my self-lovers. Before we dive into today's podcast episode, I want to make sure that you're giving yourself the gift of self-love. Now, if you don't know what the gift of self-love is, it's a workbook that will help you build confidence, recognize your worth, and learn to finally love yourself. And it's now available in stores and online worldwide. Oh my goodness, I've been waiting to say that because I've been working on this book for years. I poured my heart and soul into it, compiling everything that I teach at my retreats and putting it into this heartfelt, relatable, and actionable workbook for you. The cool thing is this book is a combination of me sharing my life story and everything that's helped me on the self-love journey, including body acceptance, and it's a workbook that you can actually write in. So every single thing that I share, you can put into practice right away. There are quizzes, journal prompts, self-reflection exercises, self-love challenges, all of which will help you with body image, confidence, self-worth, and self-love. I'm holding it right here. It's right in front of me and it's absolutely gorgeous, not to toot my own horn or anything, but we've nailed the design on this one. It makes such a wonderful gift both for yourself and for your loved ones. Perhaps you have a friend that could really use this message and that, you know, needs a little push, loving push in the right direction. And I think that this book is just a great gift. Hence, the gift of self-love. So if you haven't gotten it yet, you can get it today by going to maryscupoftea.com slash book. I'm certain that the tools I share in this book will change your life as much as they've changed mine. So again, that's maryscupoftea.com slash book and give yourself the gift of self-love. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. You will not believe who I convinced to be on the show today. Hello. This is my very own little sister, Alana. Yes, that is me. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Alana. Thanks for doing this with me. You know, people have been requesting this interview since I started the podcast. Wow. All people want to hear from is you. I know. I'm just that awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So I asked our audience to send in some questions. But before we get into that, I want you to share a little bit about yourself and your personal journey, just so people can get to know you. Uh, Can you define by personal journey? Yeah, just anything you want to share, like maybe where you grew up, um, what are some things that are really important to you or that were very present in your childhood. I know you're (laughs) almost 13, but still, you know, some things about maybe our culture or I don't know what it was like growing up as Alana. All right. Um, Well, I was born in Arizona and I also grew up in Arizona. I'm still here. And me and my sister both grew up with a Russian mom. So there was definitely like a lot of miscommunication with like between parents because sometimes we couldn't understand them and other times they couldn't understand us Mm -hmm. but it's really funny we now joke about that a lot but that's probably one of my favorite parts of when I was like I mean I'm still growing up but when I was like younger yeah and I mean one of my favorite things is unbelievably I really like school (laughs) um especially this year I have a lot of new friends 
I definitely have kind of like my place in school. And it's like a really, like, I'm not any more of like that shy little new kid. And I wasn't really the new kid. I was always kind of there, but not many people knew me. But now I'm just kind of like growing. And that's one of my favorite parts. I love going to school. And I mean, (laughs) like, you don't hear a lot of kids say that, but I really like going to school. And so that's kind of one of the things that's really important to me. Um, another thing that's really important to me is 100% my sister. She has always been there for me and I can't, couldn't trade her, trade her for the world. And she's helped me through so much. Oh, I love you. That's so sweet. It's been an honor and a privilege to watch you grow into yourself, especially this year. So I'm wondering, what do you think contributed to that? Because certain turning points did happen. For example, you started middle school. That's really big. And there was this whole panorama thing going on. (laughs) So you were off school for a while. And then when you started school, it felt like this year, especially like not only did you grow up a lot, but you grew into Alana. Yeah. I mean, with uh, COVID-19, it definitely... I love how you call it COVID-19. And I'm like, with the panorama. (laughs) (laughs) But well, with the pandemic, it was really hard being distanced from a lot of my friends. I couldn't see them for months at a time. And it was just kind of like really hard. I just kind of got a lot more new like hobbies and things I liked. For example, watching new TV shows, exploring new art, trying new things, getting closer with my sister. But when like we finally were allowed to go back to school I felt kind of felt like I almost had like a new start uh, because I wasn't Mm -hmm. going to school with all the people that I went to with in um, elementary school but like I was also with new people and so I introduced myself in like a completely new way but like a way that I like not like a way that's completely changing myself but just a way that like as you can see, get me a lot of new friends, have a much better time in school. I mean, some teachers, some people didn't exactly like <laughs> me. Let's just say that. But it was still just a whole lot better than it was in like elementary school. And I kind of, kind of, kind of think COVID for that. Yeah. It's so cool that you can find a blessing even in like the worst of situations. Yeah. It just I mean, really makes you appreciate stuff. It was definitely a pain, but it's, like, helped me kind of grow up. I mean, it's, like, a cool story to tell when I'm older as well. That's very true. Like, remember back in my day, the COVID? Yeah, we had to wear those things. On our, the, the little, what, are the, what do people call them? The hats on our faces. Oh, I think they were called the masks, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I saw, did you see that TikTok that was like our grandkids finding our old masks? Like, yeah, it's you, a vintage. It's called a mask. Yes, I can wear it on my ear. <laughs> <laughs> that was a funny one. Okay. Another fun thing about you that you didn't mention is that you are incredibly artsy-fartsy. Oh, very, very artsy-fartsy with an extra little bit of fartsy. (laughs) But, yeah. Is that literal or metaphorical? Metaphorical. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like, I don't know. I really like art. It's probably one of my favorite things about myself is that I'm really good at doing, like, realistic things. And, like, a lot of people compliment my art, which always makes me really happy. So, yeah. Yeah, it also reflects, so you draw, you paint, and 
your style. That's one of the questions, the most frequently asked question that I got when I told people that I was going to interview you for the podcast is, how did you come to find your style? We need styling tips. Where do you shop? And how do you even come up with it? Like even right Uh now, what you're wearing is so cute and we're literally just chilling at home. (laughs) Um, I mean... Like, I've gone through so many different styles. Like, I've went from everywhere from, like, more old style, kind of retro to, like, really modern to, like, I don't know if you remember, like, back in, like, 2019, there was, like, the Visco people. The Visco people? Like, the app, V-S-C-O? I mean, I think it was kind of based off the app. I'm not really sure. But, like, they were just kind of, like, known to, like, wear, like, really oversized stuff and then scrunchies and hydroflasks and stuff like that. Like, I even went through that for, like, a month, but then I never go back. I remember I told my friend Beth this, and she has a daughter who's your age, and she said that whenever her daughter, back in 2019, goes shopping with her... Her daughter said something like, I need clothes that look like they're from an old man's closet. <laughs> like really yes. oversized, plaid, yeah, hydroflask. Um, <laughs> yeah, like kind of things like that. But I've been through so many different styles. Like I can't even say them all. Like I even like at one point in time, I wanted to be goth. Like I, you wouldn't imagine me like that anymore. But like now I really like it. But like my style, I kind of take things from my parents and my sister and just kind of <laughs> incorporate them with like layering. I like to wear like things like skirts. Skirts are probably one of my favorite things to wear because they're nice and flowy and they're short. So they're good for like summer. And also you can wear them with tights, which is also good for winter. So all year round. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I mainly shop surprisingly in the men's section like almost every single thing I wear especially shirts are from the men's section because a they're a lot cheaper and b they have like a lot of cool styles like for example I found this one shirt that was like like black with a whole bunch of yellow and green flowers which I'm actually wearing right now this is from the men's section the one you're wearing now yeah. No way. I didn't know that. Yeah. Men's section of H&M. <laughs> Love. Yeah. And how much was that shirt, if you don't mind me asking? $7. No way. Yes way. That shirt would be like 10 in the women's. Yeah, which is, well, that really sucks. The but pink tack sucks. You heard of that? Pink tack? with that? It's just how like all the women's stuff, like whether it's like pink razors or women's clothing or haircuts are like more, more expensive for women than they are for men. Yeah, and they're not even that big of a change for both of them. Like, for example, a man could have, like, really long hair, get it shaved down, like, to, you know, like, a normal kind of cut. I mean, I wouldn't really classify it as normal, but, like, kind of a common one Mm -hmm. um, for, like, this year. Uh, Well, a woman can get, like, two inches off, and it's $70. Yeah. Like, that's why, just, like, cut your hair at home. That's what I do. (laughs) That's another thing. I... I really use a lot of scissors and a lot of things on my hair, especially in the past few weeks. I have cut at least two inches off my hair by myself. I've cut my bangs multiple times. I've cut the hair around my face. I've dyed my hair um, by myself, (laughs) home alone. That might have gotten a little bit in trouble for that, but that's okay. At least I like it. So (laughs) Summer vacation when you're almost 13. (laughs) Yeah, but I enjoy like kind of mixing up a lot of styles for example I can wear like baggy pants with a tighter shirt 
and accessorized with a belt and a lot of jewelry. I wear a whole bunch of jewelry. I wear anything from pocket watches to rings to necklaces to bracelets to anklets to hair clips to anything that you can think of. I have probably worn it. So that's kind of mainly my style. So the secret is layering, look in the men's department, Mm -hmm. and accessorize. Yes, those are my three top secrets. Love it. You need to make like a, a TikTok on that. (laughs) or a YouTube video. Also, Goose is snoring. Okay. I just had to kick Mr. Goose out of the room (laughs) because he was totally snoring in the background. A question for you. You mentioned that you have watched some new TV shows. I know we've been watching some throwback TV shows from the early 2000s together (laughs) as well. But if, if you could get any TV series character as a friend, who would you choose and why? Okay. This one's hard because this year I've watched a whole bunch of different shows and like of different genres, like romantic comedies and especially anime. I have gotten a lot like into anime a lot. My favorite anime is probably, uh, it's kind of hard to pronounce, but it's called Toilet Bound Hanako-kun. And it's basically kind of about this girl who has a wish and she goes to this, the girl's bathroom she goes to the girl's bathroom and there's this ghost that kind of haunts the third stall. And if she, you knock three times and, sa- and say his name three times, which is Hanako, then he comes out and he can grant you any wish, but at the price of like having to trade something. And so basically she wishes that this boy would like her. And then, but it turns out that the g- ghost likes the girl. And so they go on this so many adventures and it's kind of like seven different ghosts of the school. Like there's one that's like a love tree, um, one that is on the stairs. And like, of course him, I seem to believe he's like the fifth wonder. They're called wonders. And he would probably be a person that I would like as a best friend in a TV show because he's just like really cool and he's really funny and does anything for the main character. And just like he is so clueless, but at the same time knows many things. <laughs> and so like it's and his style is awesome and he looks really cool. So, of course, that's an extra added bonus. But he would probably be my best friend in a TV show. That sounds like the Gen Z version of Casper the Friendly Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that he wears cool outfits. Yes, he has like this awesome hat and then like this kind of suit with a lot of red on it. And he has like this sticker on his face that like says something in Japanese. So when you watch anime, they're in Japanese, but there's English subtitles? Well, you can choose the audio. I normally, uh, which is sub and dub. I normally do dub or was it sub? I forgot, but I believe it's dub that's in English. Hmm. And you can just kind of choose the audio. So it can be anywhere from like Japanese to Spanish to Russian to English. I normally do English with no subtitles, but if I don't really understand it, then I do subtitles. I see. I like that you and I like to watch stuff with subtitles. Yeah. It helps me like pick up on everything. Also, we we just started watching The Nanny last night. Yeah, I love the nanny. The nanny's awesome. (laughs) Just like, she's the nanny dressed in red or whatever it was. (laughs) She's the nanny in red when everybody else is wearing tan. Yes. I sing that part with my whole heart every (laughs) time. Yeah. But like, it's awesome because like she goes on so many adventures and she's really cool with a nasally voice just like this. (laughs) Yeah. I love some Jewish representation too in mainstream media and how she's not ashamed of it. A question from Liana. How do you both maintain such a close relationship? 
I mean, with our age difference, it's definitely kind of hard because we're not exactly into the same exact things. But for the most part, she kind of follows off of me because she wants to hang out with my friends, be a little bit of the Gen Z, be some (laughs) modern with her two-piece crop top with sweatpants um with you remember, the beanie remember when I dressed like a teenager and that that person at Tilly's the person at Tilly's. can I tell the story yes you can okay so I took Alana and a couple of her friends to this outdoor mall and we walked into Tilly's and the girls were checking out and I also found a crop top for myself that was on sale for like eight dollars so I couldn't not buy it at this <laughs> store I used to shop at as a teenager And the clerk is like talking to the girls and she's like, oh, what grade are you guys all in? And they're like seventh. And I chime in and I'm like, oh, I'm in eighth. And she's like, oh, cool. (laughs) It's like, I mean, she definitely seemed a little hesitant. But at the same time, she's like, oh, yeah, I mean, I guess she's probably in eighth grade because there's a lot of people at my school who like look like they're in like high school. Yeah, for sure. And like, I'm like, how? How are you so tall? How do you? look like that and then yeah. there's like just me just in the corner hello <laughs> now you've grown you've matured a lot this year I mean definitely but yeah. I still look like I'm a seventh grader yeah eighth now eighth well now you look like an eighth grader technically <laughs> in her defense too I was wearing this like sweatsuit with a beanie and a backpack so I totally look like a teenager so you said that because of our age gap what helps us stay close is how Basically, I try to fit in and be like you. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of it. And also, a lot of times I do visit at your house and hang out with you a lot because we're just uh, this year, we definitely gotten a whole lot closer than we have in the past years, which is the best. I always really like just like going like the little things like going shopping with you or baking cookies with you. And it's just it's really fun. (laughs) I like being with you. Oh, I like being with you, too. Why can't you be this nice when we're not on audio? I'm always nice. What are you talking about? (laughs) I'm just kidding. You better be. I am kidding. But, you know, every so often you can say, Manya, I like hanging out with you. I do. Okay. You You can just say it more. Fine. Fine. I will. (laughs) So fun fact, my love language is words of affirmation. Do you know what that means? No. Okay, so have you heard of the five love languages? No. So it's basically like how you like to be loved. Like when do you most feel appreciated? And the five love languages are words. So you like when people say nice things to you or time. So you just need somebody to spend time with you. Then there's touch, which is just like, you know, nice touchy gestures, hugs, cuddles, whatever. And then there's acts of service, like somebody who really feels loved when somebody like does a chore for them or goes out of their way to take care of something. And then the last one is gifts. So there's how you give love and then there's how you receive love. So I know for me, like I feel great when people say nice things to me. (laughs) Yeah. And also my second, my runner up is probably time like when I spend quality time with someone. And then I know for Stan, for example, his giving love language is um, gifts. Like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> he loves I can gifts. That. Yeah. But I think his receiving is acts of service. Like he really appreciates when I like clean up around the house or if I go get the dry cleaning, like he really likes that. So knowing that, what do you think your yours are? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I guess... I definitely think I know my runner-up better than I know my actual one, but 
I think my runner-up is also time. I like spending time with people, but at the same time, I do kind of like my own space. And maybe either for my first one, like gestures or what was the third one? You said touch? Acts of service touch. Acts of service touch. Yeah, those ones probably my first one because I really like hugs and stuff like that. Touch was always your love language, even as a baby. Really? How? Yes. Like my our, my mom. <laughs> my mom. <laughs> no, Our mine. mom. No, my mom. She's my mom first. I don't care. She's my mom now. She's my mom now, too. <laughs> <laughs> our mom pointed out years ago, you were probably like seven or eight, and she pointed out that she knew your love language was touch because you love when she like scratches your back or when you cuddle on the couch or when she gives a hug and whenever you're like bored, you'll like wander downstairs and you'll be like, mama, can I have a hug? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> definitely me. <laughs> um, and then forgiving, uh, I would think maybe also gifts or what would another one be? I would say time and gifts. This is what my friend Zoe said. She said, my love language is time. But giving gifts is how I express that time to my long distance friends because I put time into the gift that I send them. (laughs) And I think with you and your art, you spend a lot of time on like a project for somebody and then you give it to them. Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah. Um, What would you say is the hardest part between our age gap? Um, Definitely the fact that we can't be as close to each other as if we were like two years apart because normally if we're like two years apart we're most likely living in the same house true but now like you're all the way oh god in glendale in glendale and (laughs) yeah i live 16 minutes away (laughs) (laughs) i mean i can't like walk to your house every day True, you're gonna be driving like two and a half three years yeah i guess um, but, like, also, like, that time that you moved to Canada for two years, that was really hard because I could only see you twice in that time. And also, we didn't call much. I, at least I don't remember because yeah. I didn't have a phone. And then also, I don't think we all talked anyway that much because we weren't as close when you were gone. But definitely just the fact that we can't see each other as much and that we're just completely different in our own ways. <laughs> like, you love being with each other in the moment right now and me I'm just in my room just kind of like alone because I like being alone as well you like being alone on the phone with your friends well yeah because that's really fun I don't know why I like being in person but like I like being on the phone with my friends it's fun I remember being your age and always being on my computer and then later on my phone and talking to my friends and that being really really important to me Do you see any, like, negatives or downsides to growing up with social media being everywhere? Um, Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like it influences, like, just kind of stereotypes for people, especially, I don't mean to be sexist, but especially, like, girls, because... Like, you need to be, as you said in your TED Talk, you need to be skinny there, but curvy there. Because curves are in, ladies and gentlemen. Curves are in. (laughs) A little tighter there, a little smoother there. Yeah, that was probably my favorite part of your entire TED Talk. That was my favorite part, too, because I think it was the only funny part. (laughs) Yeah. Funny because it's true kind of thing. Funny because it's true. Yeah, it's, like, so true that it's funny. But, like, just kind of, like, you have to be looking like this so you're not considered pretty when in reality you are. Or... 
uh, a lot of things are kind of forced on you, like certain types of makeup or skincare or things that you should buy because celebrities are all over it, promoting it. And just kind of like how companies definitely trick you a lot using social media. It's just hard. So sometimes it's good to take a break and put your phone down and spend time with family, even though I'm kind of guilty of myself because I do kind of like my phone. Same. I mean, you're preaching to the choir. As much as I tell you to get off your phone, you know, I spend a lot of time on mine. Let's talk about your screen. I'm kidding. (laughs) Did you say my screen time? Yeah. Okay, wait, I'm going to flip it over onto my boyfriend. Can we just talk about his screen time? (laughs) He's, He's on TikTok every second of every day cuddling with Zeus. Yep, that's basically what he does. Um, not to put him on the spot, but we all have moments where we feel really addicted to social media. I also feel like underneath it all, because you said there's like a lot of pressure to be pretty in a certain way when really everybody's like beautiful in their own way. And obviously that's a given and that's great. But I think what's underneath that whole idea is the fact that girls are raised to feel like they have to be pretty in order to be valuable. So there's no such thing as like, I'm just average looking and I'm totally cool with that. Like nobody wants that. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to think that. And it's because we're so pressured to not only be pretty in a certain way, but the value of being pretty has been like drilled into us since like before we were born. Like, oh, she's a girl. Oh, she's going to be so pretty. All the boys are going to chase after her. Like, yeah, it's just such a big idea. And I think it's that's like underneath it all is the message we get is your looks matter. Yeah. Whereas like boys don't get that message. Yeah, which is like really wrong. I feel like because like we have so much pressure to look a certain way. And then when I like turn over and see boys. like There's some kid with like messed up hair and like a booger in his nose. Yeah, that's like mean. I feel like that's mean. But at the same time, it's so true. It is true. (laughs) I mean, boys just don't like, of course, they still face pressures that go, maybe I should wear this or cut my hair like this. But it's not as loud to them. Like they're not like, oh, well, if I'm not pretty, then nobody will like me, then nobody will ever date me. And then everything's going to be horrible and nobody's going to hang out with me and I'm just worthless and my grades and this like, it's just not as layered. Yeah. I mean, like if I kind of see, I mean, this is not true for everyone, but I can't, if I kind of like look over, I have a lot of friends who are male and I have been to their houses before. Just as friends, don't get any ideas, please. Um, I'm cool. I'm okay. cool. Okay. I'm the cool big sis. Yep. Yep. That wasn't you three weeks ago. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh-huh, I you know. just asked. <laughs> yeah. 32 times a day. That is not true. <laughs> that is so true. That is so not true. <laughs> it, it's true. I was totally cool about it. I even picked you up. Yeah, true. So I, mean, I could snoop on the house. Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> and so like, like with myself, with my mom, especially, it's kind of like always like, oh, do this and then this. Oh, you can do that after you do this. And then when I go over to like my friend's house, like their father comes in and says, are you winning, son? It's like, okay. Like, Mm. I feel like they don't have as much, I I mean, this is kind of wrong because it's different for everyone, but just kind of like my view on it, it's like a lot different because they don't quite have as many responsibilities as I feel like, for example, I do. Yeah. I've been reading um, a few books from this incredible Nigerian author, and she's also 
a feminist is very outspoken about her feminism because coming from Nigeria, the gender roles are very, very strict in her culture. Her name is Chimamanda Adichie. And what she was saying in her TED Talk is how the sisters are raised to like take care of their brothers. Like mm-hmm. the mom will come home and be like, your brother's hungry. Go go cook him something. Why didn't you feed him? Or why didn't you clean? Why didn't you cook? And then meanwhile, the brother is just like chilling, playing video games. Yeah. And how I also, I've built on the concept from my TED Talk, how I also describe it is how, you know, girls used to be like household, take care of the kids, look pretty, right? And obviously that's wrong and we've grown from that, but we didn't completely throw all of that away. We just piled some more things on top of it. Like, oh, well, now you have to get a really good education and get straight A's. And now you have to work really, really hard and chase after your career and make this big thing out of yourself while taking care of the kids and cleaning the house and feeding your husband and looking pretty young and thin, right? Like, it's almost like we're feminists now. Cool. But now it's just layered on the expectations instead of completely dismantling and replacing them. Yeah, it's like, it's definitely a lot of pressure. I feel like, especially in middle school, looks definitely matter to a lot of people, even though I feel like, especially at that young of an age, it's not, it's kind of more in the middle, but like, it's still young, but that look shouldn't matter as much. I mean, they shouldn't matter in general. I mean, I feel like, especially in relationships, you should go more for personality, but that's just my personal preference. You can do whatever, but it's just, it's, it's a lot of pressure on like me because I feel like oh I have to change my style I have to go with the trends I have to do my makeup just like this I have to wear makeup um if I don't have enough friends then I'll look lonely but if I have too many friends then I'll look like a pick me person like it's (laughs) it's hard (laughs) so how do you balance that because you love having a lot of friends you love certain trends and styles and makeups but then I also noticed that you don't always wear makeup or always style your hair or like always do you know what I mean like I think I was a lot more when I was your age like I would straighten my hair every single day and I would wear this one outfit that I knew I looked a certain way in just to fit in and I remember I thrifted a juicy couture jacket because back then juicy was like the popular thing to wear (laughs) but we couldn't afford that obviously I thrifted this juicy couture jacket and the outfit that I wore every single day of middle school was shorts a tank top and the juicy culture jacket like half zipped I was so oh basic my goodness that's kind of like how it is now like normally girls will wear like a crop top and then sweatpants and then they'll always have like a jacket covering so like a teacher comes they just zip it up so that they're completely fine they never get dress coded because like that's a pretty good tactic but then at the same time it's just like what's the point because like they'll wear like a jacket when it's 94 degrees outside that's oddly specific but yeah um <laughs> It's really hot in Arizona. Yeah. And like kind of to balance, I mean, I have a lot of friends from different groups, so I'm never like exactly fitting into their group. For example, like I have a group that's like mainly people who just kind of, I don't know really how to describe it, but kind of more like alternative style. Mm -hmm. And then there's like, of course, just kind of like the neutral people with like jeans and a t-shirt. And then there's people who really like anime, which is probably one of my main groups. Well, and also the regular ones. Kind of, I'm more in like the neutral group of people. Like there's definitely the popular kids. There's the people who are more singled out, which is kind of sad. But I'm kind of more in the middle of that, which I'm pretty happy with my place in there. But you also have a lot of friends in the LGBTQ plus group, or maybe they're within groups. 
Um, yeah, I mainly, well, that's kind of how I wanted to describe it at first, the alternative people. Yeah, that's mainly people who are more pansexual, bisexual, uh, lesbian, gay, kind of in that era, non-binary as well. I have a few transgender friends as well. And I kind of, I do feel really comfortable in that group because they're normally nice. A lot of times they can be kind of problematic, but I don't like stereotype that on LGBTQ people, just those people in that group because others are really, really nice. And I really love them and I love spending time with them. But they kind of have like this certain style. They can go anything from wearing uh, knee-high socks with ripped uh, fishnets and tank tops from bands with skirts and a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of jewelry and chokers and rings and hair clips and styling their hair a different way and dyeing their hair different colors. And then it could also just be like a button-up t-shirt and some jeans. So it's just kind of like whatever I really feel like is kind of more my style. It's cool that Gen Zers sound like they're a lot more accepting than it was when I was in middle school. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, there's definitely like that one group of, this is so bad, but mainly boys who are Mm -hmm. just like really sexist saying like, oh, go back to the kitchen or make fun of me for having a family who's mainly Russian. And Really? Yeah. And they're just, they're kind of like, oh my gosh, it's a Russian spy. And it's like, okay. Oh, the stereotypes. It's like... Okay, just I don't even have an accent. What? Why do you automatically assume that I'm a Russian spy, like the birds work for the bourgeoisie or something like that? <laughs> and there's also like they pretty racist, not gonna lie. But they always this is how you can know who they are. They always dress in like the sportswear that makes you look like a highlighter. Yeah, yes, like neon and like the socks. Yeah, oh my gosh, how the socks, like, they match. still wear that? Yeah. God, it's been, like, 10 years. Like, yeah. get over it. I agree. And, like, <laughs> I mean, will it kill you to wear some jeans sometimes? I don't know. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> to be clear, we're not judging people based on what they wear, nor are we stereotyping them. But I think everybody knows what that group of intimidating jocks they, are that they take up. They think that they're intimidating. They aren't really well, intimidating. they have this this... I love that you say that, but they have this like energy about them where they just take up a little too much space. Like they think they're just a little too important. Yeah. When like in reality, we could care a lot less about your racist opinion. Exactly. Amen to that. (laughs) Um, Speaking of that, somebody asked, are you happy to be Gen Z? And what do you hope for your generation? She says, I'm an older Gen Z myself, and I'd love to know your thoughts on our generation. Um, If I'm going to be honest, I am not very proud of our generation really I mean I like it because there's so many like new styles that I like different of course like different shows and stuff different people of course but like at the same time I kind of feel like Gen Z not only has like a lot of pressure on them but at the same time like they aren't the nicest people I mean like if you kind of compare them to people from let's just say like the 80s or like older people not just because they're more mature but like even when they like tell stories about their childhood uh they just seem like a whole lot nicer than like being just like racist and sexist 24 7 I mean like I because it was more normal back then than it is now but like now I feel like they amp it up so much like for example if a girl joins on a video game with the voice chat then automatically all the boys are obsessing over this one girl it's like such a stereotype like for girls not to play video games and then like when they finally do play video games they're harassed by a whole bunch of boys Mm. and it's like oh it's just like 
did this ever happen when like girls did the same thing as like boys or dressed that way? But I mean, like it probably did happen because it was more of like what normally happened. Remember at my TED Talk, there was a girl who talked about sexism in the in the video game industry? Yeah. Did you hear her talk? I did. She was so good, right? She was amazing. I remember when I first met her when we were doing the dress rehearsal, she told me like her idea worth spreading. And I was like, whoa, I never even thought about it because I'm not in that space. But after she described it, I'm like, I totally see that. Yeah. And it's really messed up. I think when it comes to like looking at 70s and 80s, like obviously all we know is the movies and like what our parents tell us. Yeah. And so it's really easy to like romanticize that time. Of course, there's there was racism like so much and definitely. a president that was very similar to Donald Trump and definitely a lot of sexism that women dealt with. But I think that the biggest difference is that right now being online, it follows you everywhere and you see it all the time. Like before it would be like one stupid guy making a stupid comment at school. And now it's not just that, but another stupid guy making more comments on TikTok and and you just seeing that and constantly be being bombarded with that without a break. Yeah. I mean, definitely like now with especially social media, it's a lot harder. There's always like a really like nice comments like, oh my gosh, you look gorgeous. Where's your outfit from? Um, how'd you do your makeup? Do a tutorial, stuff like that. And then there's also the ones with like the pig emoji. Mm. It's like honestly not not cool. Yeah, it's it's amplified. It's amplified because nobody would ever say that to somebody just on the street or in person. Yeah. For me personally, recently, it's been really hard. I just revisited one of my old posts and I was going through the comments and it was criticism from every single direction. Men, women, like anything they could pick apart, they did in that one post because it went kind of semi-viral. And I just got really down and I was like, I really don't see myself being on social media long term because that is Mm -hmm. not healthy. There's nothing healthy about that, being just bombarded with people's opinions all the time, whether they're positive or negative. It's like one analogy that I like to use is like picture you're walking down like the busy streets of New York City and everybody is yelling at you. Some people Mm -hmm. are yelling nice things. Some people are yelling mean things, but everybody is just yelling and it's just too much. Yeah. That can't be healthy for anyone. Not at all. What do you do to like set boundaries with social media? Um, well, there's always normally like a feature that says turn off comments or of course I like to once in a while just kind of go through my following or people who look at my videos and if I like don't exactly recognize someone or like a person even like don't mean to set stereotypes but looks kind of mean or kind of weird like if they don't have a profile picture or a name like a name that's like user one two three four five six something like that (laughs) then I always just like kind of block but at the same time my account is on private so that's good um my dear friend Ileana she came to the Bali retreat as well she commented and asked as someone who works with middle schoolers as a support person I believe she's a social worker. She says, I would like to know her perspective on what adults at school can do to show that they're truly listening to their students' concerns. Um, I mean, this is really directed towards one teacher. But like if you ask to like go to the counselors, I definitely feel like it shouldn't be hesitated, but to like 100% just like let them go because there could be something on their mind that's like really important that they need to tell someone that they trust, which is like, for an example, a counselor. And then if you like, you're not allowed to go there, then 
like you just kind of feel like, oh, she doesn't care about me because that's like the first thing that comes to your mind. Like even if your teachers do, which sometimes I hate to break it to you, but sometimes they really don't. They just kind of like there to get it over with. But at the same time, you don't know what they're going through. But um, another thing, especially as a girl, I believe that like teachers should allow students to use the restroom when it's needed, like not 100% like all the time, every day at a specific time. Because if you like notice that, because like some people, especially I'm guilty of it, but plan certain times with their friends and other classes to meet up at the same time in the bathroom. (laughs) But like, I feel like they should be allowed more often. Because like it got to the point where in my last week of school, we were all done with the final. We had like an hour left of class. And she said that I could go to the restroom after class. And I like it got to the point where I asked her three times, five minutes in between each time because I was going to bleed on myself. Mm -hmm. And she like kept saying no to the point where I literally had to like tell her I am on my period. I'm going to the restroom. And I walked out of the classroom. I've done that a few times. Yeah. And then like, it was really funny because like the boys in the back who had asked three times each, both didn't get to go. And they like asked me like, what was your secret? What'd you say? What'd you, what'd you say? I didn't hear you, but what'd you say? And it's like, I mean, I said something you don't need to know, but I mean, I can't go to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I especially like saying it. I had a male teacher who wouldn't let us go to the bathroom. And one time I just blew up. I was like, I'm on my period and I'm going to bleed everywhere if you don't let me go. <laughs> and he got really uncomfortable and let me go. Perfect. That kind of reminds me of your last TikTok where you completely yelled at that man. Let's go, sister. Per, get it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did yell at that guy for staring at me and being creepy and trying to touch me and asking for my number when it was clear that I wasn't interested. Anyways, we're getting in the habit of calling people out for their bullshit. Very much, yes. I was also thinking when you were talking about going to the counselor, like if somebody was like bleeding and they're like, hey, can I go to the nurse? I need a Band-Aid. The Mm -hmm. teacher would be like, yeah, go. Or like, here's a Band-Aid, right? But when somebody's like, hey, I really need to go talk to the counselor, why isn't it treated the same way? Honestly, I'm not sure, but... I mean, I guess it could be used as a way to just get out of the class. But at the same time, normally teachers like first call the counselor's office, at least at my school, what you normally do is either in the morning or after school, you ask to speak with them a different day. And so teachers know about that. But like, even if teachers know about it, they still don't let you go, which I find like kind of unfair. Yeah, I really appreciated when the counselors would come into classrooms and like introduce themselves and make students feel welcome and let them know where their room is, where they can find them and what to do to like book an appointment or just like kind of just reminding them that they're there. I think that's some a way that adults on campus can support students mental health. Yeah, definitely. Okay, last but not least, not to toot my own horn, but this is the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. What is the best part about having at Mary's Cup of Tea for a sister and why, somebody asked. Um, (laughs) The best part, I mean, not only just because like she's, I mean, I'm going to admit it, she's pretty famous. (laughs) I mean, at least in my eyes, she is. I just kind of like her as a sister. I mean, I even if she kind of like her. No, no, I mean like I mean I, I don't <laughs> I know mean like that. But like, I, I like her you. just as a sister because even if she wasn't famous, I would still like treat her the same. I don't treat her any different because she has a bigger following. Because honestly, random people on the internet that I don't even know, following my sister doesn't really matter to me as long as I have my sister. Yeah, I don't think you you think of me as Mary's cup of tea. No, I think of you as just 
my sister, Manya. Manya. <laughs> Our sister. Sister. Okay, Alana, thank you so much for this rich and lovely conversation. I really appreciate your time. Mm-hmm. And I'm touching you right now to show how much I love you. Yes, and I'm touching you back <laughs> to show how much I love you. <laughs> and I'm just so, so proud of my sister and honored to call you my sister. Mm-hmm. Same with me too. I'm so happy that I have a sister just as cool as you are. And also by touching me, she means literally petting my shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) Not in a creepy way. In a very creepy way. Hey! (laughs) (laughs) Love you. Love you too. One last thing before we farewell. If you've been enjoying the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast, we would greatly appreciate if you could leave a short review on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. Your feedback helps the show so, so much. I absolutely love hearing from you. And as somebody whose love language is words of affirmation, your words mean the world to me. Just go to the Apple Podcasts app and scroll all the way down until you see the review section. And from there, you can just tap the star thing and leave your own review. Thank you so much for supporting me and this greater message of self-love for all. Also, feel free to send this episode to a friend and spread the gift of self-love. And speaking of the gift of self-love, make sure you pick up my book, which is available in stores and online worldwide. Just head to maryscupoftea.com slash book, and you'll find all the links to give yourself the gift of self-love. I love you all so, so much, and I will talk to you next time. Mwah.